when I lived in New Jersey when I was a little girl, and when we said we were going there, we always, we never called it Manhattan. We always or New York City. We always said we're going to the city. When I first moved there from California, I kept saying, "What city?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there was to people in New Jersey there was only one city, the city, New York. Exactly, the city, great. It's like when you live, I also lived in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, and when you said the city, you always meant um, San Francisco, mm-hmm. even though even though San Francisco is no longer the biggest city in in the Bay Area, San Jose is much bigger, actually, um, than San Francisco, uh, but yeah, I think that uh, we'll probably be, hundred even 100 years from now, people will still, in New Jersey, will still call New York City and Manhattan the city. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to San Francisco. I liked it. It's beautiful. Um, been there a lot of times. Um, I, I've never been to um, what did you say was the other city that was bigger? San Jose. Oh, San Jose. Silicon Valley. I never been to San Jose. I never been there. I've been to um, Carmel, but I've never been to San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't go north very often. Well, to get from San Francisco to Carmel, you kind of have to go through Santa Clara County at some point, which is uh, where San Jose is the biggest part of um, Santa Clara County. Yeah, but if you're on the freeway, you never see it. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've been through Oxnard on the freeway, but I've never seen it because I've never been in Oxnard. Ah, yes. Uh, I've been to Santa Barbara, which is really close to Oxnard, many, many, many times, right. but never been to uh-huh. Oxnard. I, I mean, you have to go actually in the city off the freeway to say you've been there. You can't just drive over it on the freeway. It's Exactly. <laughs> that's cheating. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like you're in New Jersey and you're taking uh, one of the toll roads to uh, Ohio, and you go through uh, Youngstown, and but you don't stop. You can't say you've been to Youngstown, Ohio, and if you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't gone <laughs> off. I, I'm exactly. just trying to think of because uh, I we lived in Ohio for a couple of years, so I was trying to think of uh, something to compare it to on the East Coast. Or right. <laughs> But you know what I mean. You just you can't say you've been there if you haven't gotten off the road. <laughs> exactly. Because I actually, you know how there's this game that you count out how many places you've been. One girl that uh-huh. uh, it, that was in my college when we were playing that game said she was in over 500 cities, and I'm like, really? I moved around every, all every three years of my whole life. And I don't think I've... Have you actually been... No, no, I just drove through them. I go, well, that doesn't count. (laughs) Exactly. I agree. (laughs) Because then I'd be... And I would have been to thousands of cities. (laughs) That's not fair. (laughs) Not at all. Um, So... This is going to be such a silly question, but uh, do you like um, do you like a certain kind of book to read? Or do you have a favorite genre, or what's your favorite kind of uh, reading material? 
I guess I would probably say I like uh, mysteries and fiction um, more so than, say, you know, biographies or historical um, novels. Um, uh, I, I like a good thriller, um, you know, like a, a Gone Girl or um, The Girl in the Train. Um, I think I love things that twist and turn that take you from one place uh, you're thinking that the road's going to go in one direction and it suddenly turns and puts you in another one. Um, oh, so, yeah. Uh, how about you? I love mysteries, too. I love all kinds of books, but I love mysteries, too. Did you read Magpie Murders? So good. No, I haven't. No. Oh, you, you said you like Twisty. My God, that's Twisty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'll add it to my list. It's a book within a book. So... um it's modern times and it's like a 1950s Agatha Christie. It's both, mm-hmm. and so it's it's very twisty. And there's two sets of murderers, but the t- the two things are connected. What the one inside is a novel, an actual st- uh, novel that the person who is the author uh, is writing, and then. Then the outside of the story is the editor of that novel trying to figure out the mystery. So it's two completely uh, different storylines, but they're connected. I can't tell you more because I'd spoil it, but oh my god, if you like a twisty <laughs> book, that is my recommendation. That's I think okay. it's my new favorite modern uh, written book. I mean, I'm a, I like I. I like Golden Age mystery. Who's the author? Uh, his name is Anthony Horowitz. He's also a screenwriter for Perot and Midsummer Murders and Foil's War. He's written all kinds of TV shows. But he's written, oh, he wrote um, a YA series called Alex Ryder, and he also wrote a, um, like, he wrote some James Bond books, and he wrote some Sherlock Holmes books. He writes all kinds of stuff. But it's almost always a mystery. Ah, very good. He's a really good writer. My other favorite writer oh, is Dan Brown. Oh, right. <laughs> well, like, and when you want twisty, that's... <laughs> he's twisty. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. Adventure and twist and the same thing. And history all blended together. His last expertly. book was the most interesting of all his books. He's been more interesting than Da Vinci Code. It's called Origin. Did you read that one? Mm-hmm. I did not. Oh, it's so good. It's really different, you know, because for a while there, he sort of had a formula, and he kind of kind of could pick things out, what was going to happen. But this last one, there's no form. It's completely broken from the pattern. Same lead, same hero that was in the Vinci Code and all this. Uh-huh. But it's right. completely different. Um, really, really, really good. Another book I recommend. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, very, very um, an old student of his is has um, created some kind of artificial intelligence, and he invites him to a big presentation in Spain of the 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 artificial intelligence. And all kinds of insanity happens when he gets there. Um, 
it's a tip that way it's a typical Dan Brown book um uh-huh. but I don't anything else I tell you will spoil it but it's really good but <laughs> 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 it's really good but I'm also a um golden age um fan Did, have you read any older books like Agatha Christie Dorothy Sayers um uh, Raymond Chandler, Ellery Queen, any of the older books? Well, it's funny that you say that because I am um, uh, working with, uh, I, I write uh, musicals um, in terms of the book for the musical and sometimes the lyrics for songs. And I'm working with a collaborator to take a one of the first Agatha Christie novels, The Secret Adversary, Mm-hmm. And turning it into a uh, full-fledged musical. Um, a you know, musical with Tommy I, and Tuppence? Oh my God, that sounds absolutely. fantastic! There you go. Yeah, and it's fun because that that being their first that their first appearance in any Agatha Christie story, they ha- they are not they're not a couple um, yet. Romantically linked. Yeah, yet. they're not a couple yet. They're exactly. just friends. So we so we're taking the story. And we describe it sort of as a, uh, a romantic comedy with a mystery because mm-hmm. it's about how they got together as opposed to uh, necessarily solving all the problems of the world. Yeah. Um, but we, we have updated it to the present day because it just it, that, that book, Secret Adversary, is set just after World War I, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, there'd be so much... Uh, it, you know, government intrigue and history, and you have to know so much that by the time you got to the end of it, you'd be, it would be long and boring. So we've, we've updated it to the present day, and we're using, you know, something to make it kind of fun and magical there. And we're actually setting it in San Francisco instead of in um, London. Interesting. Uh, but using the same basic concept, you know, and the same sort of uh, whodunits and the reveal at the end, that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Well, the book isn't boring. I gotta say, the book is not boring. Yeah, the book, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the not your book that you're writing for the play, but the actual no, 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 book. No, no, but, the, but the, yeah, no, the, yeah, and they're fun, and they're a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I love the, Tommy. The Tommy and Tuppence Tuppence. characters are great fun. Yeah. It's there. That's I. And there's some people who love them, some people who don't. I love Tommy and Tuppence. Um, they're I've always loved them since I was a little girl. They're just. They're. I know that sounds weird because most people are. Pro or Marple, and I love both, but I love Tommy and Tuppence because <laughs> <laughs> they're different. They're just because they're they're so suited to each other, and yet they're um, very very different. They have their own their own things that they're good at, and and they're as a couple, they're just like the perfect team to work on. A mystery, uh, or a spy right. thriller, or whichever, because she did spy thrillers with them too. And in fact, the Secret Adversary was a spy thriller. <laughs> well, pretty much, kind of. I mean, it is at its core. It's also a, a who, you know, a kind of who done it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. it's it's sort of like a who is it, isn't it? Because it's Mr. Brown. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's a good memory. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. That's no, I, 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 yeah. books I love. I remember. 
But my favorite of the Tommy and Tuppence is um, it's this book of short stories called Partners in Crime that's set in the twenties. Even though that sounds kind of strange, uh, I love because they, they get they she does sends off of all of the mystery writers from that period. Uh-huh. It's so much fun. But yeah, I love Secret Avenue. I mean, how can you not? That's what introduced them. <laughs> <laughs> But, well, the, you know, the advantage for us, uh, because the book is no longer um, in copyright, we can we have a lot of freedom to use it as we as we see fit. Yeah, I know. Just don't hurt it too much, okay? <laughs> I won't. We'll, we'll be gentle. <laughs> I mean, we'll I, make it fun. It's about them, you know. It's yeah. about their love story. It's about them becoming a couple. Just, just make them make Tuppence adorable. Make Tommy sweet. You know, don't make them nasty or anything. <laughs> That's all I ask. Well, you, you, well, <laughs> if you made Tommy nasty, then he'd be the villain, and we we've got plenty of villains to to go around in that story. So I saw yeah, we make him a little bit. I saw slow. I saw a movie you know, adaption. Like I saw a movie adaption with them. And they made Tuppence an alcoholic and Tommy really a snobby person who didn't care about his wife, which is completely opposite of what it was the book that they adapted. They were still working as a team all the way through their lives. And I just, I hated that. (laughs) That's why I said that. I thought that that really was like a stab through my heart watching that movie. Right. I mean, Tom, uh, Tommy redeems himself at the end, but and Tuppence gives up the booze at the end. But still, it's just that's not them. And it really, that that's all. I, that's my problem with adaptions. <laughs> Don't mess well, with the characters. Take, no, no, not at all. <laughs> um. Well, it's just like um, the. Parole that they had him um, completely against character. I can't remember what the um, name of that adaption was. Oh, it was like an adaption of the ABC Murders, and he, he was. It was. Oh, I hated it. Uh, <laughs> it was just. I. I don't mind. Like even the new ones with Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile. I don't mind what they did there as much as don't just don't make him a mean jerk. That's all I ask. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I can deal with adaptions, but if you if you love the character and you're gonna adapt it, why mess with them? <laughs> exactly. That's that's just the way I feel about it. I I I and but I love Agatha Christie. I've read, I think I've I've read most of her canon. I can't say it's all of her canon, but most of it. Um. So were you an Agatha Christie fan before you started working on the book, or did you just come into it because of working on this book? Well, I've you know I, I've read a lot of her books as well, um, and uh, honestly, you know because her because most of her work is under copyright, um, that uh, it, it's not done as much as you could imagine. I mean, obviously, big screen stuff. Um, and, and so it was uh, my collaborator, Tess Beeson Hirsch, said, 
you know, I've, I've, been, I've been looking at this, and wouldn't it be great to do a murder mystery and use an Agatha Christie, and these are out of copyright. Let's let's dig into this one. So that's that's kind of how we got around to picking that um, novel as opposed to any other one. I love that idea. I love. I I I would love to see Tommy and Tuppen singing. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Any idea on casting yet? <laughs> uh, no, that's that's a long ways away. You know, that's that's a couple a couple million dollars away from a production that would that would include casting. So. Okay. Names names people. It's very difficult. I know Getting a show off on Broadway is a challenge. They were talking about this new play that Sean Hayes is on that's about... Um, Good Night Oscar. Yes, Levant. about Oscar Levant. I couldn't remember the name of the play, but yeah. about Oscar Levant. Yeah. And I love Oscar Levant. I love him. He's just so funny, and he's so talented, and he's such a great musician. And I know he had such a troubled life, but he was so talented. And and he and from the little bits they showed, I think Sean is going to be great doing that. But he uh-huh. said that it took like six or seven years or something with his connections to get the play on Broadway. Exactly. Yeah, he did it in Chicago last summer, and it did fairly well. And that's why they're bringing it back, bringing it to Broadway this year. But, I actually plan to see the show in a couple of weeks. Oh, I want to tell me about it because oh, I'm. Okay. I, that's just something I really. Uh, yeah, I actually cried when I heard that Phantom was closing because I've seen it twice. <laughs> uh-huh. I know there are people who've seen I it a lot many, I many more times. Saturday, I saw it the Saturday night before it closed. It closed on a Sunday, and I saw the last, the second to last performance of it. Did you see the? I, I watched stuff on YouTube. Did you see that the audience wouldn't leave at the end? Yeah, no, I was in the audience. No, this is this <laughs> is the is last idea? this is the last one, the Sunday, the one you said that. Well, I went. I'm telling you that the Saturday I saw the show, they wouldn't leave either. <gasps> really? Oh, that's yep, interesting. They just sat there and applauded and applauded and applauded, and the the IATI, uh stage crew came out, you know, set everything up, and basically asked people to leave, and nobody left. So we we were one of the first people to leave, but we didn't leave till 20 minutes. After the the audience, you know, after the show was over, we even saw cast members looking, um, taking pictures of us from after they had changed their clothes from the wings of the theater. Did um, in the one I saw from the last show, Raul, the guy who played Raul, I don't remember what his name was, came out and said, "Listen, I we love you. We wouldn't be here without you." But you know these guys got to clean up. Can you please go <laughs> so they can do their right. job? <laughs> uh-huh. Did he do that with you guys? <laughs> no, nobody came out. No. Um, the truth is, you know, they have to they have to pay overtime to those guys. So they're trying. They're desperately trying to get everybody out of the theater because the person who cleans up is on uh, double double time or overscale. So they were probably happy that that happened. Oh, I'm sure. But um yeah, that was I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Did they bring the, the they they brought the chandelier down and then they brought put pulled the chandelier back up? Did they do that with you yep. guys? Yeah, they did the whole thing. Because yep. <laughs> they they actually pulled it down like they were gonna take it out and but everybody stayed, so then they left the, the, it went back up again. <laughs> 
Right. It was really interesting. Um, yeah. Close to seeing the end, as I could. I also watched the the before that part. I watched the curtain speech with Andrew Lloyd Webber and stuff. That was really uh-huh. so sad and touching because they, you know, they dedicated it to their son that passed away. Right. But yeah, everybody except Michael Crawford. I wonder maybe he's working in a musical or something. But everybody else was there. <laughs> Yeah. That I saw Michael Crawford. I saw it in LA at an um Actors Equity performance of Phantom. So I got it a discounted amount. <laughs> 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 but it was great. Uh they had it at the music center. It was really amazing. And then the second time I saw it was at the Majesty Theater in London in the West End. Very nice. It's a great it, it's a great play. They and they sort of hinted that it will come back. I don't know what as, but it's gonna come back. <laughs> um Well I'm sure they'll bring, I'm sure they'll do a tour of it at some point as well. Uh, and are you a movie fan? Uh, I uh, I used to be the director of the film office for the state of Pennsylvania and the city of Philadelphia. And I reviewed movies for many years, and I watch movies and lots of streaming and see theater. I'm a big consumer of all things, um, uh, all, 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 all kinds of entertainment. So... Do you do you know about Golden Age movies, or do you only watch what the modern movies, or do you have a preference? I, I have I have I have seen uh, um, all ten of the I have seen and can name all ten of the Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movies. I can uh, name and I think I've seen all of the Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn movies. Um, you know, probably I think I saw other than I think I've seen every Best Picture. Other than the Western from like 1932, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with everything. I love movies. My fav my favorite Catherine Hepburn Spencer Tracy movie is sort of is, everybody likes Woman of the Year and so. But my favorite one of them is Pat and Mike because it's so different. The characters are so different, and it's such a fun mm-hmm. movie. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, yeah. Pat, Mike, Adam's Ruth. Um, Death Set. I love Death uh, Set. That's another one I love. Yeah, Woman of the Year. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sea of Grass. Yep. Yeah, I just I yeah, they're so wonderful. Um, yeah, I love I love that. And guess who's coming to dinner? Of course. Oh but. yeah. I and it's one of those movies that even even if you're like passing through and it's toward the end, I can't not watch the last that Sidney Porty has with Spencer and then his big Spencer's big speech to everybody I cannot not if I'm passing by I can't not stop and and and, and watch that I have to watch mm-hmm. it because they're both so brilliant in those in those scenes well they're brilliant in the whole movie but in those scenes right. you have to watch it because it's just especially the, those two last scenes are so compelling mm-hmm uh, and it's did you did you hear that 
Sidney was so nervous with Spencer that he couldn't do a scene. He had to do it with the secretary. No. <laughs> it, it was Catherine Hepburn who suggested it, saying that uh, she felt that uh, Spencer kind of, he loved him. I mean, they got along great, and he loved him. But he was kind of intimidated. It was his first really big starring role, so you can't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he tells the story on himself. It, I read it in one of in his biography, and he told the story oh, on nice. himself. Yeah, but and but Catherine Hepburn also told the story on a interview she did on the Dick Cavett show, mm-hmm. which I I I'd seen once as a rerun when before you know everybody went streaming. But now it's on YouTube that you can see the whole interview. The Cabot still owns it, and he put it on his YouTube channel. Uh huh. So it's really if you if you ever want to see Catherine uh, Hepburn, very casual, wearing sandals, <laughs> because uh, at the beginning, um, Dick explains that she wasn't supposed to do the interview, she was just supposed to see the studio and see if she wanted to do the interview because she was sort of, it was her first TV interview and she, she just she was comfortable, she sat down she says, okay, let's do it he goes, now? and he goes, she goes yeah, let's do it now, I'm here and that's how they did it <laughs> doesn't that sound like her? it does um, so not going to make this exact segue, but do you know that there's a Catherine Hepburn garden in Manhattan? No. Where is it? It is on the uh, Midtown East. It's near, it's kind of near the U.S. Is it near where her house was, or her her, her townhouse was? Well, kind of, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, she was a big gardener, and she, um, she contributed a lot of time and effort to um, the greening of Manhattan, Um, so uh, they named the garden after her. Oh, that's nice. I love that. Very nice. Yeah, Yeah. she was big into that. Yeah, she talks about that in that interview, too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I know she, um, I saw a documentary that it was, I think it was called All About Me. which was all about Catherine Hepburn. And um, they showed her going from her townhouse to her house. I think her her uh, her family house was in Long Island. Is that right? Um, I don't know. Anyway, it shows them uh, going to summer to, um, I think it's Long Island. Isn't that where all the rich people go during the summer? Isn't it Long Island? Well, they're, I think, well, they go everywhere. I mean, they go to Newport. Um, they go to the Hamptons. Um, they go to places even in New Jersey, like Spring Lake and Cape May, Manilokan. So it's a little bit of everything. Hmm. Well, I, mean, you, I know that you know, it's... You know, Hampton on the south side, the, the gold, there's, a, there's a gold coast of uh, uh, Long Island on the north, north Shore as well. Yeah. Isn't that what, yeah, that was from Great Gatsby, right? That, that's what they called the yep. eggs. Uh-huh, the North Shore, yep. 
So there, I think there are places all over the place. I think it depends on who's claiming what at what time. Um, and now they're saying that they're saying that the eggs are in someplace else, and there's a big fight between the two cities where they're saying that it's from because you know being where the Great Gatsby was said is a big deal. <laughs> I, 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 I there was actually um, a, a a book about it, but they had a little. Uh, thing about it on YouTube and it was very interesting. I was like, oh my god! It could be in another area! <laughs> <laughs> because they apparently um, F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda actually stayed at this other place when he was writing the book and a lot of the things he described in the book, like the big mansion with the little cottage on the state, it's just like this other area that they were at. I think it was in Connecticut. Uh -huh. I think it was in Connecticut somewhere. Um, and um, so yeah, it's a big fight between these uh, the two areas. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was in Great Gatsby is like one of my top favorite classic novels. So. You know, any time they start talking about that, my 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 attention goes zooming in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, and I I like the movie of The Great Gatsby with Robert Redford and Mia Farrow. That's my favorite of it. Uh huh. I mean, the Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio, is that right? One is okay. But I think the Robert Redford one was much better. <laughs> um, so we're at the point where we get to talk about your book, New York City Scavenger, NYC Scavenger. Um, uh -huh. So how did you come up with the concept? Well, my publisher, Reedy Press, uh, does a lot of local guides, including... Um, books like A Hundred Things to Do in San Diego Before You Die. Um, <laughs> There's a lot do. to do here. <laughs> yeah. So I did one for the Jersey Shore. A um, Hundred Things to Do at the Jersey Shore Before You Die, um, which is available at uh, at um, dot com uh, or my website, rcstob.com. But uh, that sold very well, and um, I had a great time. Um, doing that, and I still do lots of writing about the shore. Um, the the publisher, Reedy Press, was doing a series of new books that were local books, and uh, hit upon the idea of a scavenger hunt book. So they called me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing one, and I said I would love to do one about New York City and specifically about Manhattan um, because it's an island, um, and uh, to go from inward in the northern part. Um, all the way south through Harlem and Central Park and the Midtown and um, Soho, Tribeca, and down to Battery Park. That would be a great way to explore um, the city that I live in um, and a fun, uh, a fun book for people who, who have been to New York before. Um, this wouldn't be their first book that they'd probably buy about the city, but it would be an opportunity for them to really get out and explore the city. So there are 350 clues across 15 sections 
of Manhattan, divided pretty equally. So if you want, if you're visiting and you want to just explore Central Park, there are uh, lots of clues there, and you can do your own scavenger hunt. Or if somebody like you, Sherry, was interested in TVs and movies and celebrities, and they wanted to do uh, a tour, a scavenger hunt tour of those places, like the Catherine Hepburn Garden, they could do that um, by picking up my book. Cool. I just, I think that's really cool. I, I think that New York, for a very small, intense area, there's so much to do there. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. I mean, it is an island, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's like it's there's just you know it's all built up 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 so there's a lot to do there. <laughs> and there's and it's easy to do. So if you were doing a scavenger hunt in San Diego, you probably would be required to have a car. But in Manhattan, you can walk, you can ride a bike, you can take the subway, you can take a bus, you can take a taxi, and get to all these places. I mean, if even if you just came and you're staying at a hotel in Times Square and you said, I, I want to, there's, there's probably 50 clues in my book that were within a mile of Times Square. You can walk all over, you can explore the city, and you can go to find places and find other places along the way that you may not know of. Actually, I mean, for me, it was an opportunity to see a place like the Hispanic Society Museum, which is one of the great collections of Spanish art in the United States. Cool. Um, and you wouldn't, you know, with all the big museums here, you tend to, some, some things get, can get easily overlooked. So that's, that's really what my book does. It gives you an opportunity to explore and see the city. Just an update. In a way that you can't imagine, you know. Just an update for you. We have yeah. a trolley system that's really good. So you don't have to have a car. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the trolley in San Diego. I've taken a trolley to Tijuana from San Diego. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the trolley goes all over the place. The only place you can't go is um, to the uh, beach. Well, you can go. You can go to the beach. You go. You can go to Pacific Beach, Um, but Uh you can't go to Coronado because it's over the water and that bridge is not built for a trolley. <laughs> right, but um, but otherwise, pretty much um, the other the only other place that and they're working on there's going to be a trolley going there because that's something they're working on is um, the park Balboa Park. They're, they're working on a trolley to go mm-hmm. there, so pretty soon you can go everywhere but Coronado. <laughs> that's great. So you can come here and write a new book. <laughs> Well, I'll leave that to my colleague, David Swanson, who um, wrote 100 Things to Do in San, Diego. in San Diego. I'm sure this would be on his list. He's a, he's a well-known travel writer who lives in San Diego and does lots of writing. Okay. Um, well, he can update it once they get the trolley um, to the park. <laughs> exactly. Well, what's cool about that is we you can go if if you have the trolley you can go to the Globe Theater and you don't have to try to find a parking space which is not that easy especially at night. <laughs> exactly. I've been to the Globe and the La Jolla Playhouse. Yep, La Jolla is a really theater. good playhouse. That's a classic playhouse. A lot of movie stars started there. <laughs> right. 
But yeah, I, La Jolla is a really good place. The Globe is my favorite. Um, <laughs> um, because, well, not just because I love Shakespeare, which is I do, but because uh, I love um, I love the one in England. And did you know that they built the one in England after they built the one in San Diego? When they rebuilt, you know, the one in the original Globe burnt down. And they didn't. They I, didn't I know re- that. <laughs> and they wait, didn't. Wait, you mean it's that the the, the Globe Theater the glo- in, in uh, England hasn't been around for five hundred years? It burnt down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they said I've that. I've been to the Globe in San Diego, and I've been to the Globe in London as well. Yeah. What shows have you seen at the Globe in London? I saw As You Like It. Nice. Be fun. Yeah, it was really good. It was. It was yeah. the cast was amazing, um, but it was the first. Uh, actually, I I'd seen Shakespeare on the. They do in San Diego. They do Shakespeare on the lawn in front of the Globe, but this is the first. When I was at the Globe in England, they do it in the Globe, so it's really different. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, you can sit on the you can sit on the floor in the cheap seats. Yeah, well, we sit on the grass. Anybody? Or stand because there's no there's no uh, floor. Uh, there's no seats on the floor in, at the old globe. Oh, at the old globe in uh, England. England. I thought you meant the one in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. the one in yeah. San Diego. When we went to see the Shakespeare place, we you just take a little picnic and sit on the grass and watch it. <laughs> right. I I actually saw a play there with Denzel Washington when he was younger. Um, in in England or in San Diego? San Diego, at the Globe. He was one oh. of the uh, actors who did the Shakespeare out, out on the lawn. Nice. Um, that was a long time ago. That was before he was a movie star. <laughs> but it was weird because I was going through my programs and I, oh my God, Denzel Washington. <laughs> I didn't even remember it. But, I mean... I remember he was really good once I saw who that character he played, but I just right. I didn't remember that it was him. <laughs> right. It's hard to remember somebody who wasn't famous yet <laughs> when you before you saw <laughs> before when you saw them was they weren't famous yet, right. you know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's just like um, there used to be a program in California where. British actors came here and performed to try to get high school students interested in Shakespeare. And when I looked through it, the program recently, Patrick Stewart was one of the actors. Wow. And I, and he wasn't famous, you know, this was a long time ago. Uh-huh. And I didn't know, and the other actor was, oh, Charles Keating, you know, from um, he was in the uh, he was in Days of Our Lives, and he was also in um, Hercules, and he did a lot of movies and stuff like that. Very good actor, Shakespearean actor. Um, but yeah, the two of them were in that. I was like, and when I showed my mom, because she was a big, it was in Days of Our Lives, it was Another World. My mom was a big Another World fan, and I looked, your favorite was in this play. 
that funny? Yeah. But, um, so when you, so as part of your, um, a part of your book, do you do a scavenger hunt on Broadway? No, I mean, Broadway, uh, I mean, Broadway theaters are part of Midtown, and they are in my book, but, you know, there's, I don't, uh, the, the book, because we're trying to be equal, it wouldn't be fair to the people in Harlem if, you know, we just had two clues in Harlem and um, 99 clues on Broadway. So it's not a Broadway book. It's a really a book for you to explore all of Manhattan. We certainly have um, two, a couple of Broadway theaters and other performing halls um, throughout um, New York. In fact, places like that, uh, I don't, do you know where Hamilton started? Off-Broadway. Hamilton? I know it was yeah. Off-Broadway. So and Chorus Line, do you know where it started? Off-Broadway, off right? Broadway. So if, you <laughs> right. so if you want to see those theaters, then my book actually has that information as well. That's so it cool. gives you an opportunity to see performing halls that are off-Broadway, uh, off um, up, down, everywhere. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's... In fact, the Tony Awards this year are going to be telecast and presented at the United Palace. You heard of the United Palace? Yeah, but I don't know where it is. I've heard of it. It's in it's in um, Washington Heights, which is about as far away from Broadway as you can get and still be in Manhattan. Interesting. Well, that's yeah, kind of cool, so that though. Actually, and that's another place that happens you know, you can, for the first time tourists, I'm sure they're going to want to, you know, be right on Broadway, but for someone who's been there before, there's an opportunity to explore um, other places and other theaters in New York. Yeah, but they have to go to the regular tourist places, too. Empire State sure, Building absolutely. and Rockefeller yeah. Center. And guess what? I put, I put those in my book, but they're in a way that hopefully is not um, obvious. Because the idea of a scavenger hunter, if it's obvious, it's easy, then why would you go find it? So yeah, I, I have uh, each of the clues in my book is a four-line rhyme with a photo and a line drawing. The idea is if you're not sure that you've found the answer to the clue, then you go to the location, um, all of which are outside, hope you know, it's invisible 24-7, and then you match up the exterior of the building or the place or the park with the photo in the book. So what do they get when they do these scavenger hunts? Do they get something? The satisfaction of exploring. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I, what am I, we're not giving people $1,000 if they do a scavenger hunt. And the idea is there's 360 clues, so nobody's going to come to visit New York and do all 360 clues in a couple of days or a week or a month or a couple of months, right? So it's a way for, if you think of it as a, it's a different way of touring the city. It's a really a tourist book as opposed to a game book. Okay. It just right? reminds so if you're going to do a scavenger on San Diego, the, you know, you might go out and have 10 clues, but if you're going to do a, the scavenger book, the book is there for you to take some time and explore different neighborhoods of the city in a unique way so that you uncover the clues and you learn more and you keep the 
information or about that you've discovered along the way becomes more part of your memory than just someone saying, well, this building was built in 1939, da-da-da-da-da, on so many floors, and you're like, what? You, you forget it after you take a two-hour bus tour. So this is a way for you to have it part of your brain, in a sense, part of the city and part of the experience as part of your brain. That makes sense. Um, we're yeah. coming to the end. Um, is the book yeah. available in all bookstores? It is available at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's available here. I, if you were in San Diego, there's probably three ways you could get it. One is to go to nycscavenger.com and buy it through that website, and you will get an autographed copy from me. Um, you could also just today go right to Amazon or bar- Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and you can buy the book um, directly from any online bookseller. Great. And do you have a website? NYCScavenger.com. Well, that's pretty simple. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And are you on social media? And could you give the handle so the people listening can sure. say hi? Facebook, uh, Facebook, it's facebook.com slash NYCScavenger. And on uh, Instagram, same thing, NYC Scavenger. So you just kind of type in nycscavenger.com or go to Facebook or go to Instagram, you'll find it that way. That's great. Um, yeah. We've come to the end. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with me. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you about exploring New York and about old movies and yeah. theater and Shakespeare and everything. Cool. Thank you. And thank you for chat. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry.